Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. And now, the When Words Fail Music Speaks interview. Hi, everybody. Welcome to When Words Fail Music Speaks. I am your handicap host, James Cox. ABAD is a metal band hailing from Miami, Florida, formed in 2015 by close friends Roland, Jonathan, Dimitri, Romulo, and Kevin. Always wants to be charismatic and enthusiastic about their music. The band is cuts above the rest while always pushing the envelope. AVAT unleashes on its own fans heavy charging riffs, bewilderly catchy leads, and viciously soaring vocals. They are of the same as bands like Killswitch Gage, Tribune, and Protest a Hero with a flair of their Miami roots all while encompassing their blend of metal, progressive metal, and metalcore. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Roland and Dimitri from AVAC. What's up, guys? What's up? Dude, that intro was killer. I think I cried a little hey, bit. James. That was, that was you, beautiful. You got staring up over there. That was so good, man. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you for that. Thank you. So, y'all here from Miami, huh? Yes, sir. Born and raised. So, I've been to Miami, and and uh, it's it's uh, for for a personal reason, but um, when I was there, uh, it was extre- extremely busy. Is it busy busier now? Now, now that everything's coming down for, through the pandemic. Oh Dude, yeah, definitely. We the we pandemic like to call this the deep south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pandemic was pretty much the only time that provided us a way that you could get onto the Palmetto at two in the afternoon and and actually get to your destination on time. Right. But uh, <laughs> every day is every day is a traffic jam. That's literally what defines Miami. Yeah. What? Oh yeah. Easily. What, what I what I loved about Miami um, uh, is I I saw the luxury cars like the Bugattis and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. Like, this is the capital of like sports car. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Do you see them on the road like oh, they're yeah. Not- yeah, mean- like everywhere. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you, you it's like it's like you can't go down the road without not seeing like a Bugatti or or a Lamborghini, you know, anywhere. See, in those are really cool, but then in Miami you also see like the G wagons that are like wrapped up in like the really nasty cheesy camel wraps. Right. That, like you know they spent like twenty thousand dollars on. Right. Exactly. And you're just like, dude, it, it doesn't even doesn't like it doesn't even, even look that good, bro. Like I don't know what you just wasted your money on, but whatever. A flex is a flex. <laughs> Right, there you, go. there you go. So uh, before I uh, started the research, you know, I looked up some Florida bands. Okay, so what what I what I do for my first question for y'all is I'll I'll, I'll let you be the judge. 
I'm gonna give you two sets of bands, two sets of Florida bands this time because y'all from Florida. So and and y'all pick which one would you listen to right now? Not not which band is better, you know, but which one would you listen to? Okay. Rolly's gonna kill this segment right here. All like right. he's gonna absolutely murder this segment. Okay, so we'll start with All Rolly. Right. We'll start with Rolly. Cannibal Corpse or right. or Deicide? What's that? Cannibal Corpse or Deicide? Uh, yeah, definitely Deicide. Deicide. Yeah. I'm kind of a, like a like a Cannibal Corpse fan, though. You know, to be honest with you, you know. Dude, I, I would have to say oh, Cannibal Corpse all the way. Just just from the Jim Carrey debut. Yeah. Like that was the best crossover in history. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. Right. Ace Ventura and Cannibal Corpse, best crossover in the history of movie making. Hands oh, down. Although Jack from Cannibal Corpse did play Deicide, like like for like three years or something, right? Or something something like it. I think. Oh, I have no in. idea. I, yeah, yeah. I think he filled in for a guitarist. You know. Okay. Next question is: Obituary or Six Feet Under? Oh, Six Feet Under, definitely. Really. Six feet under. Yeah, there you go. Nah, Six feet under, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Hell, he ain't gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So I, I, um, I'm here are some classic rock bands. Okay. Molly Hatchet or the Allman Brothers Band. It's a hard. I don't band. listen to either of them. I'm gonna be real. Okay, that's uh, fine. I'll be honest. I, I, I see Rolly's like. <laughs> if I have to listen to it, Allman Brothers. Allman Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, they got some bangers, you know. Okay, well, I got two more for y'all. Um, Leonard Skinner yeah. or, or or Blackfoot? I'm gonna. I don't even listen to Blackfoot, but I'm just gonna pick Blackfoot because of the fact that I I, I don't want to say I despise Leonard Skinner, but it's like <laughs> you have one song. I mean, like you well, have more okay, than one so, song, so two or three but you have songs. one song. Right. But okay, so here's here's my stance with Leonard Skinner. I can let I okay. So if I never listened to Freebird again in my life, I would be just fine. Same. I would be, I, I, man, me growing up and, and, and going to clubs and uh, clubs and bars, that song comes on like constant. It's like constant rotation, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't stand this song. I love it. And I'm like, Come on, dude. You know. So. My goal in life yeah, is to actually learn play it so many times. Right. My goal in life is to actually learn the Freebird solo. So when there's that one asshole in the back of the venue that screams out, play Freebird, <laughs> I play Freebird from beginning to end. And then I just put the guitar down. I walk into the crowd and then I just beat his ass. There we go. And just walk back on stage. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Because so... he's going to be so happy. He's going to be so happy for that moment. He's going to be like, oh, fuck. He actually did it. And then he's going to be then he just sees me walk up to him like, Boom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, I don't think these these bands are from um um Florida, but I'm going to toss them out because I have to know. Uh, these are two of the biggest bands in like metal history, so I just want to know from y'all. Okay, y'all might hate me for this, but man, y'all over there, y'all can't beat me, beat, beat, beat me up right now. So, okay. So, <laughs> so Pantera or Lamb of God? Ooh. Ooh. That is uh, that's the question. That is the question. To be honest, bro, if I, if I really had to what? pick one of the yeah. two, I'm definitely going with Lamb of God just because of the personal influence that they've had. I'm a with Lamb me. of God fan, definitely. Yeah, yeah. like Pantera is an awesome band just for the just for the sake of what they did pioneering, yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah, the genre. 
you know, but as far as like a personal impact to me, Lamb of God was a huge, huge influence on me, like growing up the same way that Pantera was probably a super huge influence, you know, to, um, to Randy Blythe and everyone else in, in Lamb of God, you know, yeah, so. Yeah. Rolly, what's your take on this? I know you hate me right now. But I mean, we gotta, we gotta have. A, I, I love Pantera, but Lamb of God definitely, you know, it, it's to the core for me. It's just uh, generationally speaking. Uh, I mean, I was listening to. <laughs> I wasn't listening to Pantera until somebody told me about Pantera, right. and even then, I was still. I mean, I was amazed, but Lamb of God definitely has to do it for me. I am going to have to agree with you as much as I love Pantera. You know, I think Pantera brought it in for the, like, Lemon God. Because cause after that time that passed, it's like, okay, like, Lemon God is legit. They're like the new Pantera, you know? Which is which is rightfully so, because I think they hit heavier than the most metal bands today. You know? I think I think that was, like, perfectly said. Oh, I think yeah. that was that was the perfect summary. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, so I know that that uh, I I I was uh, listening to a previous interview with y'all, and y'all um uh talked about cover songs. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have a cover song that y'all can listen <laughs> to. I I I know. Okay, so uh, Dimitri uh told, told me he's not a big country fan. Are are you really? Are are you country? A, I I can swing it. Okay. Okay. So there's this guy called uh, um, the, what's that? The, the Marty Ray Project. He does a perfect song of Ice Ice Baby. Perfect cover <laughs> song of Ice Ice. You need to check it out. Even if you're not a country fan, you should listen to it. I'll give definitely, it a shot. I definitely will. Yeah. I'll give it a swing. <laughs> give it a sw- yeah. Um, a swing and a twang. <laughs> so um, is is there any um uh? Cover songs that that y'all really go to whenever you don't want to listen to like you know Lamb of God or Cannibal Corpse or you know. I mean, like as far as like covers that we play, eating you know, kind of eating shit and warming up. Yeah. Lamb of God was like pretty high on that list, bro. It's it's like, bro, we we play yeah. like Redneck, uh, Late to Rest. Um, Late to Rest was definitely a good one. Yeah. I do that one all the time. Um. Black and the Cursed Sun. What else? Dude, we 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 played a lot of Lamb of God songs actually. Oh. Just like, but it's just kind of like eating shit, you know. We're just like warming up in the in the studio or at the rehearsal place. But the, as far as like legit covers, they're still on on the on the hush hush. Well, well, I've always found Johnny Cash's <laughs> cover of Hurt. You know, I mean, I yes, dude, yeah, we definitely we talked about that in one of the other. Um, yeah. I think with with the Mankini the Mankini interview. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that that song, that was, that even even um, even Nine Inch Nails said it, bro. Like as soon as Johnny Cash covered that song, like yo, we don't own that song anymore. That's his no, song now. No, I think I, I think Reznor said, okay, that's his song. That's not my song anymore. I've never, yeah, I've wash my hands and be clean, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so uh, 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 what other cover songs do you like? Do you because um. Cause there's, there's one song called uh, "Behind Blue Eyes" by Limp Bizkit that they, they just murdered that song to death, you know. They did oh, yeah, song. yeah. That rendition the, was amazing. The one that Disturbed did, uh, the Sound, Sound of, of Silence. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sound of Silence. 
And isn't 10,000 fists a cover too? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's by Genesis, right? Or like Phil Collins. Phil Collins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, Disturbed actually does a yeah. fucking really good job of covers, man. They kill that they shit. They do. They do all, all the time, you know? And so I'm amazed they're not as big as they are. I mean, you know, bigger than you. I are. mean, they're huge, but yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, they, you know, but yeah. Um, so that uh, nine-point cover, man. Of, <laughs> dude, that was that yes. was amazing. I love that one. Oh yes. yeah. I think it's in in the air tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they killed absolutely. that shit too. I killed it. You know, killed it. it kills it for me. Yeah. So, uh, so um, about Avat. How did you come up with the name Avat? Is it like a like like a like a like an acronym for something? He's got the juice on that one. All right, go <laughs> So, um, all right, so A that uh, is an acronym. It is um, a victim target, and we decided to settle on the acronym after we just you know we selected the members of the band. So, uh, originally when we were in the early stages. Uh, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to sound like, wh- who we who we really were, and we had a lot of things in common. One of those things were uh, was Misery Signals, and we all liked the song. And, and some of the early members joked around about uh, a victim of Target, so it just kind of stuck. And in uh, that's that's how the name came about. But really, once we we found the right pieces of of, uh, of the puzzle. Then we, we decided, you know, maybe we didn't need a full name change, but definitely the acronym felt a little more solid. It felt more put together. It felt that we we could really get behind that and um, and say, yeah, we are AVAT, right? Right. Um, so, similar to like a fire inside AFI. And, yeah, uh, AFI example I like to use a lot. Have that, have that um, kind of set in stone, so to speak. Like we we were what we were, and then now we are finally that that one A-Vet. piece that uh, that, that came A-Vet. together. Right, nice, nice. That ate that. <laughs> okay, because uh, I me I, I you know I like to think outside the box really often, you know, and uh, and I love movies, and I thought that was like a like homage to Batman, you know, because the Joker fell in a vat of chemicals. But, oh, uh, I'm like okay, well, they, you know, but okay, yeah, that's that, that's, that's like, actually kind of like that's cool wordplay. Yeah, but but, but I mean, that's that's a whole lot better than Batman. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> so I got a question for Dimitri here. Uh-huh. Um, so what was your first guitar, and do you still have it? Yes, it's oh, okay. No, um, kind of. So the first. <laughs> It's okay, so it's somewhere in this house. I don't know where, but it's somewhere. The first guitar that I started learning on was like a nylon um, string classical guitar that was kind of like laying around the house. And during the summer that year, it was like from sixth to seventh grade. I was so absolutely mind boggling bored that I taught myself how to play guitar. Oh no. That like yeah, I literally I looked up YouTube videos and like I, we had books in the house and I fucking read the books and like looked up YouTube videos and shit like that. So by the time that I actually hit school again, I was like at you know beginner, intermediate level stuff like that. And once I started getting good, my mom bought me my first electric guitar from Target. Nice Target. first act. Target from <laughs> way back when, huh? Dude, believe it or not, dude, those first act guitars were fucking kick ass, bro. Yeah. 
They were kicked <laughs> ass. And it came with like the little, okay, the combo amp that it came with was super trash. But like the guitar itself, bro, like I forgot who was the guy? Who's the guy that was like branding those guitars? It was the guy from Maroon 5. I always forget his name, bro. Uh, oh, um, oh, the lead singer? Yeah. And, um, how is it that none of us know this guy's name? The guy from Maroon 5. <laughs> his name is Adam. Adam. Adam Levine. There we go. Yes. Yes. There, there we go. That guy. Levine. Yeah. Apparently, this guy. This guy really like it's put amazing. out a really good guitar with Target. It's amazing that we, we that we can't uh, get the first name of the of the of the very well known band member, but nobody else remembers any of the other members. <laughs> and we can't yeah it'd be like that sometimes yeah. I just thought the irony was really cool that uh my first electric guitar came from Target and now my band is a victim of Target right right yes it is right yeah <laughs> so, um, so okay so when you when you go out and, and and get a guitar for your for um you know just to have it play in your band um what what kind of stuff do you look in, into buying a guitar um, to be honest, like I used to be a stickler for the spec stuff. Like it needed to be this kind of wood and it needed to be like this scale length and it needed to be like with these pickups and like da da da. And like as time goes on, I've come to figure out that none of that is consistent enough for it to really make a big difference. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the difference between active and passive pickups and like having the ceramic coils and that, all this kind of stuff. Like, production is never going to be so consistent that like you're going to have two guitars that sound exactly the same and then you're always going to have like this you can have two guitars built the exact same way with the exact same materials and they're not going to sound the same right like they're not right so at this point like for me i've simplified it to the point where like if i like a guitar i like how it feels and i like how it plays and i like it That's it. Yeah, yeah so so some brand names aren't your um Dig. I mean, you you don't dig into brand name and, and everything. What I will tell you is that I have been playing a lot of Gibsons lately, and I got my hands on a Gibson Explorer not too long ago. And let me tell you, dude, Gibsons are wow. nice. Yeah, Gibsons are really, dude, very nice. You know, for a really long time, man, especially like when I was younger, I always kind of like thought that the whole the whole Gibson brand hype was just like just hype. You're just like, oh yeah, there's guitars are like expensive for no reason bro you can get like the epiphone or you can get like a chips there or whatever and then i played i've been playing this this explorer for the past like two three weeks i'm like Dude, no i was wrong yeah right. i was wrong yeah wrong yeah. <laughs> completely wrong everything you got is wrong yeah 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 wrong. Uh, I, I i don't know if you heard of this brand but this is the old school brand called 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 synsonic it's the, yeah i've heard it's of like them. an old cheap 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 uh knockoff or something yeah, yeah. else you know that was my first guitar and then I moved on to Clark guitars, and I sold it. So I don't know where it is now. So I'm I'm, I'm depressed sometimes. So you know it is what it is. But um, no, I know, man. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, I I still to this day can't find that first that guitar, and I really wish I could um, find it. Yeah, because that you know the first guitar is like your your home base. You know, like why did I get rid of it? Oh yeah, I need money <laughs> or something. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah, it happens, man. It right. is what it is. Yeah. So, so um, Roland, um. So how long did it take you, take you to, well, to to learn how to sing? And uh, did did you take lessons oh. or? Well, um, I, I kind of I, I kind of feel like I've always sang. Okay. 
uh, whether that was well or not <laughs> uh, remains to be the case. But I, uh, I, you know, I, I used to I grow up. Um, I grew up in New Orleans and um, listened to you know my dad plays records and whatnot, and I kind of picked up music that way and started listening to it on a regular basis. Right. Uh, when I was um, a little older, and you know I was in middle school, I started to get into chorus and choir. Um, started to learn the fundamentals, and I didn't really get serious until high school, where uh, I was kind of pulled aside. I was funny enough. I was uh, I was in guitar class, and I wanted to learn guitar, and then all of a sudden, you know, I was learning this incubus song. Nice. <laughs> And I started to sing it, and as soon as I sang, um, the, I guess the professor at the time, he was just like, hold on, just stop what you're doing, and, and let me go get somebody. And so he went to go get the drama coach and uh, the choir director, and they came and listened to me sing Incubus, and uh, they pulled me into their classes immediately. They're like, yes, somebody that can sing, let's do this. So uh, that's really where I, I started to get uh, a lot more of that classical training, uh, vocal coaching. And I learned to belt because of uh, being in drama. So, you know, being able to sing out into an open audience with barely a mic because, you know, I mean, school supplies are few and far between especially for microphones. And so you really had to project working microphones. I was able to do that with, yes. right. And, and There'll be 30 busted ones in a drawer. And you were yeah. blessed with that. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them has been dropped several hundred times. So, <laughs> um, you know, I was able to pick up on that and, and start auditioning for plays and, and everything and really get full circle. But then, you know, I continue to push that on and, and, and really teach myself after that. Um, and just continue to strive forward for that end result, which I wanted to be in a band for, for the longest time. Right. So I didn't end up doing that until later at, toward the end of high school. Okay. So, so, uh, so which Incubus song was the, was, was the song that you sang? Was it like, wish we were here or pardon me or. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Was, was oh, I, I, I believe it was pardon me. Okay, yeah, um, that's, a, that's a banger too. <laughs> it was pardon me at that time, and I that was definitely like that first album really shook me, and uh, I remember listening to that back and forth, and uh, just going through the whole uh, discography, trying to find all the early works, uh, Fungus Among Us. I found all the EPs. Right. I ordered all of that stuff online, and that that really opened my world to doing live music from there. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're they're really really special to be uh, heard. I think everyone should have at least at least like three or four Incubus albums in, on on their play, playlist. You know, because that's a that's a very special <laughs> band. Because that that band brings back memories. Because I'm 41, and that brings back like solid memories for me. You know, so. Hey, brother, you know, I oh, never knew amazing. about that. That's like the first time I've heard that story about you, that you, you started with guitar and then you you had teachers that were just like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
Yeah, let me let me go get some. They stopped me, man. They stopped me dead in my tracks. They're like, whoa, this guy. You got lucky. You know what? Like you and I both. You and I both <laughs> got really lucky that in our youth we had like mentors and instructors that actually saw the talent in us and and like wanted to help and cultivate that. Because not a lot of people have that, bro. Uh, it's really sad that there's so many super talented people that work on their craft. And like day after day, they just go completely unnoticed, and they they don't get they get no hands to like help them out or nothing like that. So, both of us are super blessed to have had that, like especially in our youth and our childhood. Yeah. Without that, shit, you know for a fact that you and I would not be here doing what we're doing right now. Right. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I have everything to thank for them. Yeah, and that means something else when 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 somebody else believes in your abilities, you know, because. Cause without them, y'all probably would wouldn't be here right now, you know, talking to me. So you know, I don't know, I don't know. It's I mean, like as as I've as I've reached adulthood, you know, like I'm I'm pretty confident now in in my own abilities and and what I can do and stuff like that. We're out here like in the real world now, you know. But especially when you're young, like you you definitely need that. You you need that a lot. Every now and then, even as an adult, like to have a like a little you know, pat on the back, good job or whatever, right. you know, it's good to have, but especially working in the entertainment industry, dude, is that like, yes, you're going to have a lot of really awesome fans. You're going to have people super supportive of what you're doing, but, but you're also going to have the exact opposite. You're going to have kids that are just going to try to shit in your life as much as they can, like on, on the daily. You have to be okay with that. Exactly. You have to be okay with that because you know, you're an exactly. adult. Yeah. That's, that's the real world. That's right. But uh, you know, with every hate comment, there's like 43, you know, comments that are like, "Hey, you stick in there, buddy." You know, there's a there. I, I think, to be honest with you, there, there's more nice people out there than there's, than, you know, there's hateful people out there. But that's Absolutely, I mean. this the issue is that the the hateful yeah. people are just fifty times louder. You know, because they speak but, with such yeah vigor. Yeah, I think the reason why they're they're they're, they're hateful is because they're too damn lazy to do do anything about their life. You know, I mean, if they just, could be. I mean, if they just stuck to their dreams, maybe they'll you know progress on but you know you know how that is that's, that's here. for whatever reason i don't i don't really care that much at the end of the day well, like, yeah yeah <laughs> i'll even be nice you know like hey it, it really doesn't matter you know what's funny though is that like you could you could find that one person that's just like really nasty and 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 evil and they and they just act out and you have no idea why you know believe it or not this has happened to me before i swear to god i'm not even kidding there was this kid that i used to see at work all the time and he would always He's always super polite, you know, for a while. And like, he was funny. It would make conversation and stuff like that. And then after a while he would get like, after a couple of months passed by, he would be like argumentative and like, just kind of like starting with people for no reason. So I actually pulled him aside. I'm like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, why are you acting like a dick? Right. And then he like, like kind of broke down and started crying and like, just like, man, look, I have just been having it really rough, man. And I, I just, I don't know what to do. Right. So a lot of times, man, I, I don't even take it personal. You know, I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what what's what's going yeah, on in your true. life, man. Like, that's true. Wish you the best. That's true. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. And if you got a great life and you're still a <laughs> kid, then f you. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there true. it is. <laughs> that's true. Um. So, Roy, uh, do you think like anybody can sing, or like, do you think, um, oh, like, like, are you born with? Like, um, do you think people can be taught how to sing, or, or is it just by birth that they, like, know how to sing, you know, like, you're born with it? That's a great question. I truly believe that uh, anyone has the ability to sing at some extent, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, 
I'm sure that there are some people that are just more natural uh, than others. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of factors in that when your upbringing, um, maybe your, your DNA has something to play with that. I don't know. Right. But um, I, I would say that everyone does have the possibility of being able to sing. Um, we, we all have at least one tone. Right. Um, so whether or not, uh, you know, the thing is, I guess the next step would be to say whether you're receptive and adept enough to learn, right? And whether you have the willpower to do that. Uh, I actually was speaking to a friend of mine earlier today about this, and he was telling me that he was tone deaf. Um, and I'm like, that's impossible. You yeah. know, uh, he, he was, you know, going on about him being able to play all these instruments. But at the end of the day, he like when it comes to singing, he's not able to sing. And he's the kind of person that he's already taken uh, lessons and whatnot. So I'm really glad that you brought this up. But, you know, I I told him when um, there are techniques that you can learn to, you know, pitch train. There are techniques that you can learn to go up and down scales, and you can even go through your voice and find out the separate notes that you want. If you really want to map yourself out, you can. Um, and that's, I think that's a really fun thing to do as a vocalist, you know, and being able to find out your complete range um, and what you're comfortable with, what's the stretch, and how you can get better. You know, it's always, and it, you have to remember that it's a muscle. So, I mean, right. if you're not working it out, you're going to lose it, right? Right. Uh, and that's, I think that's the problem that a lot of people face is that they, they get frustrated. They don't see progress on day five or day 10. And they think that they, that's maybe enough, but maybe it might take them a year. You don't know. Right. Uh, and I've been doing this for quite a while where I can say that, you know, with a proper training technique, I, I think anybody's able to do it. You know, it's just, yes. it's really, However, it comes it down takes, to dedication. It takes some people a lot more work. It does. So like yeah. to answer the question, yes, absolutely. It's both. Yeah. Like uh, it is definitely both though. You do have people that are just born out the womb, just like, Oh, and they just, they know what they're doing. <laughs> right. You know, exactly. and they, they, they're blessed with the ear. They're blessed with the timbre. They're blessed with like everything. And yep. then to them, that shit's easy. Yeah. And then you have other people. It's way harder. Can you learn how to do it? Yes. Yeah, it, from the examples that I've seen and like by personal life, myself included, is that like if you're not a natural singer and you really, really, really work at it, you just get really good at faking it. Like <laughs> right. you really do. Yeah. Like you, you kind of mask <laughs> your bad timbre with just like certain overtones and stuff like that, you know, but like you can never really get the perfect timbre. You never really get like, like everyone's voice is going to sound different at the end of the day, you know, like it's not like a guitar where you can like swap hardware, you know, change pickups and like, right. you know, do change the gauge of the strings. Like, no, dude, you got one voice. Like that's it. You can do stuff to manipulate it, but like at the end of the day, it's the only voice you got. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, yeah. and you're going to have to go through a much longer awkward phase like when you're learning how to sing you have this crazy awkward phase of just learning your body where you're doing these really dumb warm-up exercises where you're like dude you look like like you're schizophrenic like you look absolutely insane dude i can't tell you how many times i've practiced doing like me every morning like in my car you know you like you pull up to a red light and i'm just there at the steering wheel i'm just like 
Yeah. I just see the guy like in the in the Honda Civic next to me, like, <laughs> what? Yeah, what are you doing, man? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um, here's another so question. What in the world are you doing? Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Here's another singing singing question for you, Rolly. Um, so uh, as 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 you grow uh, grow up, um, you know, be, uh, becoming a, a a professional singer, um, what foods should should that person stay away from to to help their voice, like? That's another really good one. Become perfection. That's another really good one. Because I've heard, because I've heard, right, like, like, can you repeat that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. As you're um becoming um a professional singer, this is anybody. What foods should they stay away from to 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 make their voice like retain the most powerful it 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 can be? Okay. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. I think the foods you should stay away from anything that would cause too much acidity. Um. Although, and some people would agree that to some extent, the acidity is necessary to keep your vocal cords clean and clear of like oils and whatnot. Um, so for those kind of things, those would be like a once in a while gargle, something like that. But I try to stay away from acid-based uh, things. Uh, lemonades are kind of like out of uh, my diet and... I uh, drink a lot of water, a lot of water. Uh, the one thing that I continue to do though is coffee. I can't, I can't, I can't stay away from it. Uh, and so good. absolutely must, you know, um, you know, uh, take an antiacid, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. It, it's there for a reason. So a lot um, of people that's, like that's um, probably what helps me the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of people hark on the, um, the antiacid stuff. And I can understand why, because, you know, having the increased phlegm production as a response to the acidic food that you eat can like really complicate how you, you know, manipulate your voice and stuff. Um, but not only acidic food, I've also found that on the opposite end of the spectrum, like basic foods, right? Like, so you have like milk or like cheese or anything like that. It like, it hardens phlegm. If that's like, if that's like not too nasty or weird, but like, for singing purposes, it it sounds terrible. Like when you have a lot of phlegm going on back here and you like need to spit it out or swallow it or whatever, like that is like a bad time. Yeah, that's but like yeah. it yeah. also gives me it sounds really cool when I'm screaming though. Like, so I don't know. So I feel like <laughs> when it comes to the foods that you eat for what you do and stuff like that, like you really need to know your body very intimately because I don't think that's gonna be like a super like one plus one equals two kind of thing, because everyone's body is different and everyone right. Exactly. absorbs food differently and has different responses right i've heard honey honey yeah. water works tremendously well oh yeah definitely honey. it's like definitely more like a like works. a pain relief thing okay oh it's yeah, not yeah. so much like a like it can get you by like let's say like you're at the rehearsal studio or like you're you're recording and you've been recording vocals for like you know two hours and stuff and your voice is like shot it's on borrowed time you know yeah. like the honey and tea stuff will get you by a couple more takes but that's not like a it's not like a cure-all. Definitely, if you do it like a regiment, you know, I'm sure that it has yeah. some kind of an effect, but I've never had, I've never seen it have like long-term effects. Right, right, okay, yeah. yeah. Warm-ups and cool-downs are where it's important for that. Oh, yeah, big Definitely. time. Make sure big that time. you're doing proper warm-ups and proper cool-downs. Especially the cool-downs. After cool you're doing it. And if you're a singer that, you know, ends up 
running out of gas at the end of the night and you are going on tour for the first time and uh, you're trying to, to do this for a living, you know, it really helps to do a lot of vocal rest and just pick and choose your battles. Like if you can't, if you know that you shouldn't be speaking, don't speak, you know, just kind of cut back and then, you know, have cue cards. <laughs> I've seen singers, you know. Right. Uh, have like just little notepads ready for themselves and whatnot and, and just use your phone for everything. Right. So th I would recommend that definitely. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, so starting out as a, oh, okay, hold on. Uh, so who inspired you to be, be, begin the journey as musicians to have a staple in metal? So like, like, was there like a, like a specific friend family or like a, like a band that you was like, all right. That's it. That's what I want to be. You know, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. Great question. And you know, what's funny is that, um, so I've been on record on um, almost, I think every interview that I have done, um, saying that what got me into playing guitar was Bon Jovi okay. and like breaking Benjamin and like, like that. That's <laughs> what I started with. And then eventually continued to get like heavier and heavier and heavier and stuff like that. Um, as far as bands having personal influence on me, like, yeah, all that still is the same. Like, dude, I would literally listen to Wanted Dead or Alive, like, on repeat. Like, I would literally just listen to the intro part with the <laughs> string guitar. Right. And then as soon as it ended, I would just, like, start it again from the intro. Like, that's how much I loved the 12-string guitar on that song. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, for people that actually pushed me and motivated me to do stuff, um, my parents, believe it or not, super, super, super supportive. Like, and I, I am so thankful and blessed to have supportive parents that would listen to like incessive demonic screaming in my living room while I'm playing guitar. And they're like, he's so talented. Like, you know, like, oh my God, that's my son. Yeah. The only thing that sucked though is that whenever we have like the, you know, like the family get togethers and stuff, you know, like I, this is the musician curse. Like if, if you're a musician, you already know what I'm talking about. But like, as soon as like family comes over, yep. your parents are like, "Oh my God, honey, play them something. Uh, play them a song. Play them one of your songs." <laughs> I'm like, "Yo, they don't want to hear that right now, bro. They're trying to eat the Thanksgiving turkey. Just like, dude, grandma's gonna have a heart attack. Like, chill out, bro. Like, she ain't built for this. Show them, show them your video. Show them. <laughs> oh, you know what's funny video. is that I literally, I literally showed, I showed my grandma, like last week, the video that we just finished shooting. She's like, <laughs> "Oh my God." It's so nice. It's so professional. It's awesome. I love my grandma. <laughs> but yeah, definitely my family and um, my teachers. My my middle school teacher and my high school teacher, both of them were huge impacts on me learning music. My middle school teacher was awesome because he helped me become the best guitarist I could have been without doing a single goddamn thing. Like he literally did not do anything other than just like gave me access to his office and let me play there whenever I wanted in the middle of the day, I just like skip class and go to his office and play guitar. Nice. nice. Yeah, it was awesome. And that's where I just got so much practice time in. Like, that's what I did all day, all day, every day. And then in high school, I had my, my high school uh, band teacher. He taught me like theory and stuff like that. And that's where like a lot of my practical knowledge of music came from. Right. Right. I bet you, Roy, who, who inspired you besides the, the, the teachers? I said, wait a minute, let me go get some money. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to hark on that one more time. Definitely uh, my, my drama coach. Um, 
uh, right now, my family, definitely, uh, my fiance, um, you know, a huge support in my life right now. Um, the guys and the men, uh, I, I can't do it without them. And, um, as far as like what bands like really pushed me to the edge to say, like, I've got to do this. Like this, this is something that I have to achieve in life. Um, yeah. I remember getting, um, you remember those mailers back in the day, uh, Columbia house? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. You're okay. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were, if you were a JIT back then and you got a Columbia house, uh, through the mail and you started to fill out this mailer, it was like, I don't know, I was a kid in a candy store, you yeah. know, yeah. I, I ended up getting green day. Um, I ended up getting, and this was in the mid to late nineties and I got green day. I got uh, the crow. Uh, I got a couple other albums. Uh, Metallica was on there as well. Oh, right. yeah. And, um, in the crow album, listening to that for the first time, listening listening to the industrial tracks on there really put me in this spot where i was just like wow i mean the soundscape that they had in there was amazing and then being able to translate that and then watch the movie and then seeing all the music in the right parts and and that really woke me up to like wow this is really cool and uh, and then I started to look at the, each of the different artists and look at, you know, wherever I could. MTV was the, the hot spot at that yeah, time. Right. Um, to look at what live performances, what music videos they had. And I started to, you know, watch that religiously. Um, yeah. So uh, th- definitely that Crow album was the, the catalyst, I would say, to push me into like driving myself deeper into that metal wedge. <laughs> And, um, and from there, I, I got big into the next phase, the new metal phase, the, um, the screamo phase. Uh, and, uh, when, when I started to play out as a band, a lot of the bands that really focused my effort at that time and really drove me to be better, uh, were Thrice, Alexis on Fire, uh, the bled. Oh man, I love the bled. Um, yes, sir. but thrice was huge because I, I love the guitar work. I love just the, the quick pace of it. Uh, artists in the ambulance was one of my favorite albums at that time. And yeah, thrice is um, super good. I didn't, I didn't discover thrice sing until along later. all that. I mean, that, that was amazing. Right. Yeah. It was just amazing to, to, to do that. And I was like, man, these bands are out there doing this. And they're getting signed and they're going on tour. And I'm like, I'm like, I have to do more. What, what can I do? So, you know, trying to find the right people uh, and just continue to sing my, my, my head off, you know, uh, that, that would have to be it. Um, Damn, you know, what's crazy. Like some, somewhere down and everything in between, right. Somewhere down you telling me all this stuff. Now it actually jogged of this really random, super crazy memory of like how I started getting into Breaking Benjamin was um, <laughs> I had that same feeling of when you like see it for the first time and you're introduced to it and like you're not even like you, you had no idea about it about, like about it before and you're like oh, okay like I, this is kind of cool I can get into this I didn't know I didn't know about Breaking Benjamin until I played Halo 2 and then you know how like they have that song 
on on the like the OST. Right. So like I was yeah. like, yo, that song's super badass. And this is back when you know Fye was still a thing. So like I was I was walking through Dolphin Mall back when the Fye was there at like where the cheesecake is now. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Whew. Yeah. So like, so I'm walking through the Fye, and then I find the Halo Two OST. So then, like, I bump it. I'm like, yo, this is fire. So as soon as, like, I, I figure out who the band was, that's when I went on to, like, Bear Share. You know, like, it was like LimeWire, but even worse. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, and then I tried finding everything I could from Breaking Benjamin. And then I had an obsession with, like, if I watched a movie or, like, if I played a video game and there was a song in it that I just thought was super badass, I would have to go out and buy the OST. Yeah. So I did the same thing with X, and that's how I discovered Ramstein. Dude, Ramstein is on a on a platform. Oh, Ramstein! Well, oh. dude, foy a foy. Love them. Have you seen their? Did you guys hear what they just did with their merch? No. <laughs> they're they're selling they're selling shirts with a uh, designer, and some of the shirts and hoodies are going for over a thousand dollars. That doesn't sound very Ramstein. If you can, well, if if you can do it, do it. You know, I mean, who's that playing? sounds like Ramstein, but also doesn't sound like Ramstein at the same time. Yeah, very weird. Uh, the way they <laughs> the way they put on live performances is like beyond like god level because, like, yes, like, I agree. Like in like in Germany, they they have these like twenty thousand foot things going like it's it's amazing and and, and yeah, they have roofless like literally roofless stadiums. Yeah, and they're and like. Things. Thirty to forty percent of the stadium itself is the stage. Yes, right, right. And like everything is pyro. Everything is pyrotechnic. It's like insane, yep. absolutely insane. And you know, I actually figured this out not too long ago. I don't know if this is like hearsay or if this is like legit. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Till is actually um, like he went to school and has a degree for like doing pyrotechnic stuff, I've, like for doing stunts and stuff like that. I've heard that they're professionals at like. Like like a pyrotechnic so yes yes that makes sense. So like he designs all this shit himself like right, yeah that's all him yeah. like dude can you imagine not only being the singer for the band but then like you get to go to the stage and be like yeah fire like here everywhere like, fire everywhere there, yeah and then there and then <laughs> like everything that you see in your head is just like boom then it comes to life like it's real it's yeah, like it's yeah. crazy bro oh. the guys living the dream oh and you see this microphone light light that on fire too you don't care. You know. Yeah, you know, like, you know, like this shirt, like, the shirt that I'm wearing. Can we like also light this on fire? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool. Yeah. Um. No, but speaking of uh, inspirations and going back to what um what you said, Dimitri, um, I think that John Bon Jovi had had an inspiration on like everyone that plays the acoustic guitar. Cause I'm not sure yep. if if y'all remember one of the um music awards way back when. They played an acoustic version of uh, of one in digital life, and that spawned MTV unplugged, and more and more people like starting to pick up their, their acoustic guitar. Because back in the day, you didn't hear any acoustic guitar besides you know metal, you know metal music, rock music, you know, from rat to poison. So I think that John Bon Jovi really had an inspiration on on that platform, you know. I mean, no, no doubt about yeah. it, dude. Yeah. I mean, like Bon Jovi, pioneer. I want to say pioneered, but they like spearheaded, you know, yeah. the hair metal movement. And it was like it was like a form of pop metal almost. Like it was a form of of metal that was super popular in mainstream, okay. and they were able to like 
bands like Bon Jovi and Kiss and stuff like that, like they they did something really unique, and I think it's only happened once so far in the history of like rock and metal, where like we had crazy looking shit, crazy sounding stuff, right? That wasn't too harsh or aggressive, and a lot of a lot of people liked it. Right. It was able to like hit the pop mainstream. Yeah. Um, so starting out as a local band, you had to do everything yourself, right? You had to make your promo posters or whatever you had to do to get your name out there. Oh yeah, like we like we had our own scrims made. We made like the frames for the scrims yeah. and yeah. So who taught you how to actually sign with, the, with them? Did the labels come to you or like did you like here? Here's my demo. You know, I'll, you know, check, check this out. Always got this one. So uh, I mean, we have <laughs> we have been in in talks you know to to do a few things and we really tried to stay as independent as possible for the longest time just to have more control over what we wanted um and you know then we uh were approached uh, through a mutual friend about um you know sitting down and listening to um what um our producer and, and record the owner for Apocalypse Records um, had in mind. Um, he wholeheartedly, you know, is the, the glue to the band. Uh, he has pushed us uh, further every step of the way, uh, helping us realize our, our vision, our dream, and then also like dial, dialing it back when it needed to be dialed back in an effort to um, to get to the next step and to the next level. Uh, so working with uh, Apocalypse Records and then also in, in partisan with uh, Intercat Music, that's really helped us, you know, catapult us to where we are now. And we're getting ready for the next phase um they've just been instrumental every step of the way anytime that we have a cool idea they're like yeah let's let's do it yeah so i mean working with them is a blessing you know um because they're 100 percent behind us and we're just so grateful to it's like it is truly a breath of fresh air uh, that 100 believes in you and your product and and then um and then not only do that, but also give you the tools to, to be able to accomplish it. So, yeah. so the, the label did definitely approach us first. We didn't have to like, you know, send them anything or like harass them to like, you know, get their attention or anything. Because like I said, oh, well, like Rolly said, the, the, the guys that started the label were kind of like mutual friends of theirs. Um, so the thing is though, all of that stuff was happening was already in motion before I even joined. So the, I, the funny story with me joining AVAT was before I joined AVAT, I was in another band with my high school buddies. And we were called Lacerate Kingdom. And I have spent a lot of time and a lot of effort really like trying to push that band the most that I could. And I felt like it was really going somewhere until, you know, everyone kind of just stopped doing stuff. We all split for like, you know, kind of stupid reasons. Um, and then I got really frustrated with music after that. And then I was just like, dad, you know what, man, I'm, I'm done. I'm over this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do something else. Cause you know, every time that I, I give it like a hundred percent and then, you know, it kind of kicks me in the face. And then I had a friend of mine that was like, Hey, yo man, this band's like really good. They're looking for a guitarist. You should like, you know, like hit them up give them like a demo. And I'm like, man, dude, like why, you know, like I'm kind of over this. 
He's like, no, bro, do it. Like, this band's really good. You'll like them. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I listened to them. And at the time, the only song that they had out was Brenna. And I'm like, all right, no, okay, cool. This is cool. I f with this. This is like, you know, this warp tour material. This is good. It's good. So then, you know, I shoot them a demo <laughs> and then they, they get back to me and they're like, oh, come over for a rehearsal. I'm like, all right, cool. So like, I'm just, this is now like the meet and greet phase, you know? So I meet with everyone there. Um, and then, you know, I play and, you know, everything goes really well. I, I get the parts down to like, you know, 90%. Obviously it wasn't perfect, especially my first time playing with them. Um, but, you know, it worked out really good. And then, you know, about two months later, you know, showing up to rehearsals and stuff, we meet up at the studio and they're like, oh yeah, we're signing on to the record label. So here's the papers. You can look them over if you want, have a lawyer look over them and, you know, sign them and bring it back to me when you're done. I'm like, right. what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, what the f*** are you talking about, guy? <laughs> yeah. Like, the, nobody had told me anything about the record label, like, nothing. You know, like, I, I, I guess it was a strategy, you know, make sure, like, I'm in it for the right reasons or something. I don't know, but, like, no. It's either that or y'all just, like, totally just forgot right. to mention it to me. You know, so, like, three months in, they're like, okay, here are your papers. I'm like, <laughs> Like, what? Yeah, this is going to be true. Yeah. So, um, with uh, nowadays, um, nowadays, uh, bands can record their, their, their albums from home. And uh, you know, get their uh, uh, music out with Spotify and Apple Apple Music right right now. Um, do you think that that's the, that's the best option rather than go to sign a label? Because yes, you'll get more notoriety through labels, but they but they take like a like like almost half your percentage or like you know. What do you think? Which which one would be more? More suitable. At the end of the day, okay, a great question. That is like a super awesome question. And these are the questions that I really like talking about because it's the stuff that people don't like to touch because yeah, they yeah. feel like they're going to like hurt feelings and stuff. Right. At the end of the day, dude, when you have the backing of a label, it's not just the music production and distribution, okay? What you're getting out of that deal is also licensing and marketing and that stuff that you as a musician yourself will never have the time to fully master and understand everyone has one lifetime you have one lifetime to live okay right. and during that lifetime you only have so much time to commit to learning something i believe that as a human being everyone should be diverse in their skill set right but like jack of all trades master of none kind of thing is fine right like a jack of all trades and a is still better than a master of one, I think is actually how this thing is supposed to go, right? So I believe that every person should have like multifaceted skills. But at the end of the day, nothing replaces a specialist. So these, right. these people have marketing teams where they specialize in marketing. Like that's all they do. That's like, that is their bread and butter. That's their life. The same way that music production and like writing songs is my life. And that's how you end up with like really good results. At the end of the day, in the music industry, like nothing is promised to you. Like you could literally have infinity dollars. Like you could be Elon Musk rich, okay? <laughs> and like make the best music. And on, at the end of the day, like no one could like it, you know? Vice versa, you could be like a street artist in LA, you know? And then randomly out of nowhere, someone likes your and then before you know it, you know, you're making like millions of dollars, you know, going on tour with like, I don't know, Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez and all that. Shit. 
Hey, man, you know, so like, at least you're getting your name out there with them, you know. Like, at the end of the day, everything's circumstantial, you know, and obviously there are guys that have totally done it without the help of labels because, right. you know, the, a lot of times they get they get screwed over by labels. I mean, look at um, look at Arctic Monkeys, right? Like, they, they ditched the labels cool. and they did their own thing. And obviously, the yeah, Chance the Rapper, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, they, they figured out how to do it, um, but they're kind of – they're the minority, okay? Like, they're the exception and not the rule. Um, I, I haven't been in the industry enough to really say that with like a hundred percent confidence, but that's just kind of what I've noticed. And I can also say with a hundred percent confidence that I have no idea where we would be right now if we didn't have apocalypse and intercat doing what they're doing. Right. I, I don't, I, I don't see it. Yeah. There's no way. Uh, so I know that, that most bands, um, record in several different ways. Um, I know Metallica likes to record with the music written first, and then later, um, other bands, opposite situation. Um, so uh, what is what is the recording process look like for y'all? I mean, do, do y'all write the music first and focus on the lyrics later, or is it like reverse? 90% of the time, yeah. Okay. 90% of the time, it's like the music first and then the lyrics will come later. Okay. Um, like... But because that's how we do it all the time, we're actually trying to, as like recently, we're trying to like experiment with doing it the other way. Right. And then kind of just see which one like better. the other, yeah. okay. a couple months ago, we were in the studio and we just told Rolly to just come up with some random lyrics. And like John came up with a, with like a random chord progression. And then we had Rolly like sing on top of that. And then like just going off of what he was singing, you know? So like starting with the chorus is actually a really good way to write a super catchy song. Like if that's your goal, if your goal is to like write a song that's going to be stuck in people's heads, like start with the chorus and then everything else is, you know, is secondary. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, y'all have five songs on Spotify right now. You have, um, Brenna, Dead or Alive, Together We Fall, Wolves, and the new, um, is, uh, Faith in Flames, um, that y'all just released last week, I think. Um, yes. So how has the response been for Faith in Flames? I mean, yeah, amazing. It's like really okay, good, good, great. Like yeah, it's been amazing. incredible. Yeah. Just I mean, like I think I think it has praise for it. Uh, Let me check. Just you know, in this in, in inter industry and online, and <laughs> uh, it's funny, you know, just kind of looking at the comments and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, internationally, we're we're doing pretty well as well. So. Right. Uh, I think this one's getting much more well received than the others. Yeah. Um, yes. as, as definitely initially, and I hope that uh, that people will, you know, be able to convert and follow us on our social media and all of our streaming platforms, yeah. so they can catch out what's coming out next. So this will definitely be an indicator of of you know that we are paying attention right. to how people are responding to any given song. Right. So. These are all singles, um, correct? Yes. Okay. So will That's there will, so yeah. so will there be a full album out soon, or and like and like will all these singles be on it, or or is this like a soon? Don't know. As far as the singles being on it, um, you don't know. <laughs> time will tell. Okay. Maybe yeah. maybe a couple, but definitely less than more. Right. Okay. Um, only like a like a handful to be like right now what we're trying to do with the singles is we're really just trying to establish our footing and show everyone like what it is we got so in i think in a previous interview 
We talked about um, how every single that we've put out so far is just basically us showcasing a different skill set that we're really good at. Right. You know? So, like, with Wolves, for example, it's kind of like the pulse and the rhythm and just, like, the feeling of the breakdown and stuff like that. With with Faith and Flames, it's just all-out craziness. It's just crazy yeah. shredding, like, right. just, like, the super fast yeah, riff at the beginning. definitely hit the thrash. the chorus is fast, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the tapping, you know, the tapping lead part at the end. Um, and then for Brenna, it was just, like, we really wanted to focus on that super catchy chorus that kind of, like, gets stuck in your head like being a little bit more melodic so every single that we put out we're just kind of like showing you guys different aspects of our writing ideally what we want to do when we start with the album is have all of these songs be more blended so that every song showcases all of those all those traits all those skills we're definitely probably i mean we're gonna dig into how we want that to come across sonically because when you start thinking about writing an album you know you have to have some kind of like anchor uh for it to you know come out the intended way i mean there's always some kind of revolving theme um not not necessary to say um that it all has to be one subject but definitely a theme right right um you're going to get the that same feel across the whole album and that's that's really the goal and that's where some of the better albums uh that have come out are successful in that cool cool uh well i just have one more question for y'all and then and then i'll let, I'll let y'all go because it's 8 33 i don't know if y'all have to go right now but uh but uh this this podcast is called when words fail music speaks and that can't be further from the truth and i always ask my guests this same question uh so with every song, so the, a song that has has a deep, full, deep, meaningful uh, relationship with you in the song. Is there one song that you can think of right now that you, when you hear it, you can't tell anybody else how it makes you feel? Yes, definitely, and I'm totally okay with talking about it because, like, Please that's do. what music is Please for. Do. Yeah. So you know what, man? Like, you're getting you're getting the golden nugget because this is something I don't even talk to like with a lot of my friends, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people that I know in my personal life, like they don't really understand the relationship that I have with music and what it does for me and stuff like that. So like, there's a band called uh, Nothing More. I'm sure that you're, you've heard of them before, right? right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic band, like Sorry. amazing, bro. This, this guy, Johnny Hawkins has a way with words that like he sings poetry. It's like amazing, it's beautiful. So on the last album he wrote, um, there's a song called Fade In, Fade Out, and he talks about his, like, relationship with his father who's passing. And, um, you know, my father's a little bit older now, and I've had to, like, I've used that song to come to terms with the eventuality of his passing. And, like, every time I listen to it, I get, I choke up a little bit, but then, you know, like, it also gives me some kind of comfort because in the song he talks about how his father gave him, like, lifelong lessons and that he's going to live basically eternally through the lessons that his father taught him, you know, and that like everything that he does in his daily life is going to represent the teachings that his father passed down to him and, and stuff like that. So every time I hear that song, it definitely does kind of like does a little bit of something to me. And because I do have a really, really, really close relationship with my father. Um, he, he's taught me how to be the man I am today, respectful, courteous, polite, 
you know, hardworking and stuff like that. I owe that man like everything. So definitely that's it right there. That's awesome. Awesome. How about you, Rolly? Oh, <laughs> this is definitely tough. Um, a song that would both be personal to me. I can't, I can't really think of one yeah. that, uh, there's, there's a lot of great music out there. There is too much. Um, too much. yeah. But there's never too much music. You know? and, and across no. so many no. different genres, like I, I really dive into a lot of different artists across all different kinds of genres. Uh, one that would come out uh, is, uh, ooh, I, I think I'm going to say Deathbed um, is the name of the song. Uh, and it's by a band called Reliant K. And, oh, uh, yeah, dude. Reliant K is good. Yeah, great band. Hell yeah. I love that song. It just, it, I, I like the way uh, that they write. Uh, I like how they write. They write the same every time, um, which is really increasingly hard for a band to do. Yeah, it is. Um, but they just, they, they have a way with words. And um, that song speaks on so many different levels. Yeah. Uh, just personally, uh, family and uh, and friends, close close friends that I've had, uh, and just the theme behind it, um, you know, kind of like finding that peace at the end of your life, and thinking about all the following friends and family that I've had. I wonder if that's how they felt, and that's really where that one touched me. But they're this is definitely just one of the many because right, there are right. too many songs <laughs> that really just tear at me. Yeah. <laughs> so I may, I'll definitely, I'll find uh, a few and uh, I'll let you know. I'll, yeah. I'll send them to you. Great. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. So uh, for anybody you listening, uh, you can find a vet on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at a vet music. That's a V a T music. And they have a website called avetmusic.com. You know, unfortunately, unfortunately, you got the same thing on on, on our platforms, and that's that's awesome because I tried to do it and I can't. So you know, I can't get the whole. You know, because it's illegal and for me, so it's very cool that you all got the same thing. You know, and so yeah, so I do like a. <laughs> Well, or something. Yeah. There you go. Yes, sir. We got like, like yeah. it's like, a, it's like the Ginyu Force. Like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's like forming Voltron or something, you know? Jeez, I go back. Um, I, I, I just told all my age, man. I'm 41, so I don't know if you remember. Hey, man, you're looking good for your age, bro. Thank you. I'm, I'm literally half your age, and we look the same age, bro. That's, that's pretty yeah. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, hell yeah, dude. So, um, <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to thank you all deeply for coming on the show and uh, and uh, talking to me about music and how it makes you feel. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah. So, thank you very much. And I'll thank you. It's been a pleasure, bro. Have us back anytime. Have you love the Appreciate it.